I'm Sarah Lippman. Welcome to Tarati Mecha Nachyomi with the OU Women's Initiative. Today we will be learning Divrei Hayamim, Chronicles, Volume 1, Chapter 23. Except where otherwise noted, the principles used in today's class are based on the teachings of Rav Moshe Eisman in his magnificent commentary in the Art Scroll Divrei Hayamim and in many recorded classes, for which I am deeply grateful. All errors and misunderstandings are my own. Chapter 23 begins David's organization of the offices for building, administration, and service of the temple to be. It is a massive undertaking. Chapter 23 lists the 24 Mishmaros duty shifts of the Levium. Chapter 24 lists the shifts of the Kohanim, the priests. Chapters 25 and 26 focus specifically on the duties of the singers and gatekeepers of the tribe of Levi. Verse 1. Vidavid Zakain, and David was old. Visava yamim, and satisfied with years. Vayamlech es Shlomo beno al Yisrael. And he installed his son Shlomo as king over Israel. Verse 1 stands alone as a sort of transition into the next seven chapters of Divrei Hayamim. Malbim teaches that once David had crowned Shlomo as king, he began to wind up his affairs, knowing his time was limited. And knowing that, here's how he spent his final months. It was because Shlomo was made king that David's old age was peaceful and satisfying, for he knew that all the effort and all the suffering he had gone through had built something of lasting value. Minchas Arev, citing the Gemara in Bava Basra, says that David felt at peace at the end of his life because the Beis Hamikdash would be built after his passing. Therefore, his work for the honor of heaven would literally go on after his death. Verses 2, 3, and 4. And he gathered all the Sarei Israel, the officers of Israel, and the Kohanim, and the Levium. And the Levium were accounted from the age of 30 and up, their number per person, 38,000. Me'ele lenatzeach al-Meleches Beis Hashem. Of these, 24,000 were to conduct the workings or the administration of the house of Hashem. Vishotrim vishoftim sheishas alafim. And 6,000 were to be enforcers of the law and judges. Lenatzeach sounds like being victorious over the work, in other words, to control or oversee the work. That is how Targum and Radak translate it. However, that would more likely be Lenatzeach S, not Lenatzeach Al, and so the Vilna Gaon reads Lenatzeach as in the musical direction in Tehillim, La Menatzeach, for the musical conductor. He further explains why conducting music is a kind of victory. Shebekoach Hashir, through the power of song, Menatzchim Leyetzahara, one can conquer their Yetzahara, the draw to bad or self-destructive temptation. By acting directly on the emotions which motivate action, a strong song can move your feelings to a higher place, through the poetry of the lyrics or the music itself. The change may not be permanent or even very long-lasting, because emotions always are in a state of change, but the power that music has to awaken and carry emotions along with it is very real. Vishotrim vishoftim sheishas alafim, and law enforcers and judges, 6,000. Says Ralbag, it was from the tribe of Levi that the majority of Torah teachers hailed, and so they were members of not only the Sanhedrin Gadola, the high court, but also all the regional Sanhedrins in larger cities and Batedin, courts, around the country. The word shotrim is surprisingly hard to define. In modern Hebrew, a shoter is a police officer, but that's not precisely how the word is used in Tanakh. The term is a fairly broad one. Enforcers of the courts, supervisors of the temple field work, court officials, judges, even army officers. 
So the definition might be something along the lines of a community officer with higher authority than most people. Working together with those Levium were the role of shoftim, judges, and of course we're familiar with the Tanakh's use of the title shofet to mean a ruler and a Torah guide, not only a court judge. The shoftim and the shotrim of the Levium were governors and overseers of the religious concerns of the nation in the territories outside the temple precincts, representing and supervising royal affairs of the temple and of the king. Verse 5 and 4,000 gatekeepers, and 4,000 mehalalim l'ashem, singers of praise to Hashem, bakelim asher asisi lehalel, playing the instruments which I made for halel, praise. Raubag says here that it was David HaMelech who innovated new kinds of musical instruments to accompany the songs of halel, which he composed. And I have to say, it takes my breath away to read this verse, bakelim asher asisi lehalel, playing the instruments which I made for halel. Do you hear this sudden fall into the first person? The instruments which I made for praise? For some reason, I haven't seen any mention to why, David's own voice suddenly surfaces here. I can only assume that these detailed lists and assignments of the people to the holy work are transcribed here into Divrei Hayamim from the original royal records of David's time. Certainly in Tehillim and in the books of the Nevi'im, we hear David's own voice more than maybe anyone's in Tanakh. Still, hearing his voice unexpectedly here, reaching out from a time 500 years before the authorship of Divrei Hayamim, is breathtaking. A sort of reminder, indeed, that David Amelech lives on. Verses 6-23 through list the Roshe Avos, the family heads of the tribe of Levi, for the purpose of organizing them for service in the Beis HaMikdash, since there would be significant change in some of their roles in a post-Mishkan world. As verses 25 and 26 say, For David said, Hashem, God of Israel, has given rest to his people, and his presence will dwell in Jerusalem forever, and so the Levium will no longer carry the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and all its vessels for service. Within this list, verses 13 through 16 include Bnei Amram, Aharon Moshe, the sons of Amram, Aharon and Moshe, and Aaron was set apart to sanctify him as holy of holies, he and his descendants forever to bring offerings before Hashem, to serve before Him, and to bless in His name forever. But as for Moshe, the man of God, his sons are reckoned among the tribe of Levi. The sons of Moshe, Gershom and Eliezer. The sons of Gershom, Shivuel, the head. Out of respect to Moshe, his sons are considered heads of the family. Rav Eisman points out that in addition to honoring Moshe, these verses also clarify even though Moshe himself served as a Kohen, a priest, during the inaugural week of the Mishkan in the desert, and even though Moshe's family lived east of the Mishkan together with Aaron's families of Kohanim, Moshe is nonetheless a Levi, not a Kohen, and so are his children. Verses 28 through 32. Because their place is beside the sons of Aaron for the service of the house of Hashem, to care for the courtyards, the chambers, and the purity of all the holy things and the matters concerning the house of God. And for the arranged bread, the fine flour of the meal offerings, the unleavened breads, which are pan-baked and which are boiled, for every liquid, for every dry measure, and to stand each morning to give thanks and praise to Hashem and in the evenings too. And whenever offerings were to be brought to Hashem on the Sabbaths, the new moon, and the festivals, in accordance with the numbers required of them, regularly before Hashem. 
and they shall stand watch over the tent of meeting, have charge of the holy, and serve their brothers, the sons of Aaron, in the service of the house of Hashan. We have a pretty clear detailing here, then, of the role of the Levium in the Beis HaMikdash, the holy temple. The Vilna Gaon and the Malbim both read this chapter as listing the groups of Levite families comprising the 24 Mishmaros, or duty shifts, of Levium. This is what the verses lead us to expect, and while there are more like 22 families listed here, the Vilna Gaon and the Malbim each suggest resolution to fill in the gap. I'd like to share with you some excerpts from the Rambam summary of the laws, the halachos, pertaining to the Mishmaros, the divisions of the Levium, and their avoda, their service in the Holy Temple. I'm drawing from Maimonides, Rambam, Klei HaMikdash Ovdim Bo, the vessels of the Holy Temple and those who work in it. Shmuel the prophet and David the king divided the Levium into 24 Mishmaros, or watches, each week, a different watch would serve in the Beis HaMikdash. The head of the watch would divide all the men of the watch into different Batei Avos, family groups, and on each day of the week, the designated men of the family would serve. The heads of the family groups would assign workers on the day that they were designated to work to their appropriate tasks. So the families of the Levium, and as we will see, also the Kahanim, and also Yisraelim, all Israelites, were divided into 24 mishmaros, 24 duty watches. Each mishmar would serve for one week, twice a year in the temple on a rotating basis. That covered the full cycle of the year, not including two weeks, the week of Pesach and the week of Sukkot. During those weeks, any levi could serve in the levi service and any kohen in the kohen service. And of course, all Israelites were present. Back to the Rambam. The descendants of Levi were singled out for service in the Mikdash. As the Torah says in Devarim, at that time God separated the tribe of Levi. It is a positive commandment for Levium to be available and ready and prepared for their service in the sanctuary. There should never be less than 12 Levium standing on the Duchan, that's the high platform, each day, to recite the songs over the offerings, and their number could be increased without end. Their songs were sung vocally, for the fundamental dimension of song is with the mouth. Others would stand on the duchan and play melodies with musical instruments. Some of them were Levium, some of them were Israelites. A Levi only enters the temple courtyard to perform his service after he has studied for five years. Thus, from the age of 25, the Levium began their training, and from the age of 30, they began their avoda, their service. A levy is not disqualified because of age or because of any physical blemishes, only due to a change in voice. In other words, if his voice spoils because his age is advanced, he may be disqualified from serving in the temple in song. Says the Rambam, it appears to me that he is disqualified only as a singer, but he could still become one of the doorkeepers. All of the levium are warned not to participate in the service of the Mizbeach, the altar. And just as the Levium were warned not to perform the service of the Kohanim, so too Kohanim are warned not to perform the work of the Levium. Levium themselves are warned, each one should not perform the task incumbent on a colleague. Thus, a singer does not do the work of a doorkeeper, nor a doorkeeper of a singer. As the verse states, every man according to his service and his burden. Before concluding our study of chapter 23, 
I want to point out that in verse 2, the Sare Yisrael, the officers of Israel, were included when David organized the duty shifts. Their presence might have been required in order to ensure national consensus on David's fundamental organization of communal life. As we will see, the organization of the Mishmaros, the duty shifts, affects every layer of society. Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim, all of them will have their yearly schedule circling around their service weeks. And the leadership roles filled by the members of the tribe of Levi during the times of the year when they're not on duty in the temple is going to have a defining impact on all areas of communal life. They are the judges, advisors, rabbis, and educators of the young. Organizing society such that everyone has a week twice a year where their work is all centered in the Beis HaMikdash will have the effect of bringing the influence of the temple's spirituality out into every area of daily life. That is a goal in perfect harmony with divine service, whether in the temple or in the privacy of personal prayer. Always, the concept is that we will walk step by step into the deeper parts of our hearts, our minds, our souls, discovering and rediscovering the treasures within, finding wholeness and alignment and unity with God in our inner world, and then taking that back out with us to the outer world, giving us focus and clarity in our daily activities. David is creating a superstructure on the same model, but this is on a national scale, in addition to the personal scale of prayer and service. Mark Twain wrote in 1899, All things are mortal but the Jew. All other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? Apparently, Mark Twain had not read the writings of Rav Shamshon Raphael Hirsch, which slightly predated him. Rav Hirsch writes in the collected writings on Nisan, All other altars have fallen into decay. All our sanctuaries have been lost to us. But the home, the mutual affection of children and parents and husband and wife, the sense of freedom and justice, brotherhood, concord, cooperation and nationhood, trust in God, loving obedience and devotion to God, the home and these spirits of the Jewish home have remained our eternal possessions, and it is these which confer upon us the resurrected people, immortality. Thank you for learning together with me, Le'ilui Nishmas, Rose Foreman, Rezo Rachel, Bas Aryeh Leib, and Rachel Zeitlin.